everyone. Welcome to the Carry On Cast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where you get to to hear the (laughs) pastors laugh a lot and talk about the upcoming preaching texts and life around Easter Lutheran Church. It's a joy to be with all of you today. I am Pastor Eric, and today I am here with... Pastor Kevin. And Pastor Megan. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I got you for the first time. That was pretty yeah. good. I'm glad. I'm glad I make you make you laugh. You yeah, was, made yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of laughing <laughs> today, oh, well, I guess I have to wait. Well, no, I'm just gonna say it. To start us off today, we're gonna learn the origin of Oprah Winfrey's <laughs> name. This I asked if we could content. go there. This yes. is uh, the content we're here for. <laughs> this is what you're all tuning in for. Um, yes. Fun it's very fact. out of context, but here's I'm so your, excited. Here's your trivial pursuit question <laughs> no, of the not. day. No, it's not. great. Is that you are about to hear the story of a woman named Naomi and her two daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpah, O-R-P-A-H. Now, Oprah Winfrey, right? Oprah was supposed to be named Orpah, but... There was, a, there was like by her parents. I don't know where the I don't know where the biff <laughs> occurred to be honest. But somewhere in there, the letters got switched, and instead of being Orpa, she was Oprah, and the rest <sighs> is history. Yes, and I was so glad to hear you say that because as I read this, I keep thinking, I keep wanting to say Oprah instead of no, Orpa, no. and it just no, it really is Orpa. Yeah, it should be Orpa. That's great. Yeah. Well, if if you are listening and you email us this moment, you <gasps> will win a ham. Yes. You get a ham, and you get a ham. And actually, all you need to do is email Pastor Eric <laughs> at Easter.org. <laughs> And he Look will... under your chair. If, it, <laughs> if it's not there, you don't get one. <laughs> wah, wah. Wow. Uh, All right. The thanks, book. everyone. Start with our fun fact <laughs> ending with the ham. Thanks. I just had to jump in. But actually, we do have some um, more uh, important things to discuss. We're going to hear um, one of the most beautiful um passages in scripture, one of the more well-known and, as we were saying, often used in weddings um, in our reading today from Ruth. But um, just quick reminder first that we this is part of our fall series, Together for Good. Uh, we've been learning about a number of Old Testament characters in the Bible, and um, Pastor Megan made a good point as we were discussing um, just a moment ago. Um, prior to this week, we were really looking toward uh, Abraham, uh, and now we're kind of switching and moving from Abraham to Jesus. And so we're following along the, the genealogy. Right. Like before we were kind of doing this whole, well, Abraham led to Isaac, which led to Jacob, which led to Joseph, right? Like we were kind of going the, that procession of, of generations. We're now kind of into this se- season of these names where we're starting to point to King David, which gets us pretty quickly to Jesus, genealogically speaking. If you look at the first chapter of the book of Matthew, you can see Jesus' genealogy. And a lot of these names, well, some of the names that we've already gone through, but some of these names now that we're going to start reading here, those names start turning up. Yeah. Um, so it is kind of this interesting pivot that we are now starting to race toward reading a gospel. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's just, yeah. It, and it's, I think it's really cool it, within these genealogies, right? Like this is our reminder of the, uh, the continuation of God's work through history, what God has always been doing in all these different people and relationships and, and yes. uh, seasons and times. So it, it just connects us to the yes. way that, that God has always been present and active. Yeah. Um, thank you for n- naming relationships, <clears throat> relationships. 
themes because that's what this theme is all about and how all of the biblical characters relate to each other, to Jesus, and to us. And it's all God's, you know, uh, I've heard Pastor Kevin say that in sermons recently that um, this is all about relationships. Mm-hmm. Well, and and just to put again the point that we also all have a relationship with the Word of God. We all have a relationship with the Bible, um, our own comfort levels of reading it and how it reads us because that makes us uncomfortable. Um, but also just recognizing that nobody's an expert on it. I mean, m- I think we all would say, and especially those who really study the scriptures frequently, like for their livelihood, is to recognize the more you learn, the more you don't, and the more deeper mm-hmm. it goes, because you realize how complicated relationships and human we are, our, are after all. Mm-hmm. The other piece I would just toss on the table too is that think of the Bible like a library, right? Yes. There's a whole bunch of different types of writings that you're going to find in the Bible and Ruth is a pretty specific one, right? I mean, that's kind of the beauty of it is that you've had, you know, we've been hearing stories out of the first five books, which is called Torah, but now we're moving into another part of the Bible that has a different type of literature if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, a little more historical, a uh, different kind of narrative. Uh, we're also getting into a different season of Israel's life too, like for mm-hmm. a while Great they've point. been, right, they've been nomadic they've been kind of trying to find their way in the world they're starting to get more settled they have the law to guide them but they do not have like a king right so as you hear at the top of the book of ruth for instance it talks about you know the time of the judges these are people who weren't like rulers per se but kind of helped people figure out how to live the law out Um, it is a very uh, if you read these books in these seasons they tend to be a bit uh, chaotic and violent (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but that's i think indicative of life at that time right it is a, it's a, an account of what it was like to live in this season uh, as God's people well and just to name it too is that um it's so good to read these stories and to hear them or to maybe hear them again for the first time if we've never really interacted with them, particularly because of the young people in our midst. Currently right now, our ninth grade confirmation group, they're doing visits to synagogues and mosques and to other congregations here in the South Metro. And we want to equip them to at least be have some familiarity with the stories that are important to other communities too. Mm-hmm. And so since we share this particular text with our Jewish brothers and sisters, um, how important it is to equip them before they go and do this visit. So they're going to go to Temple Zion um, in St. Paul and and visit. I mean, that's a huge that's yeah. a huge thing. And for them to walk in and experience the Shabbat service will be really a, a I think because you can't really understand Jesus if you don't understand what's kind of even going on in the Book of Ruth. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely true, true. Well. Speaking of, why don't we at this point read our yes. scripture for, yes. for today? Pastor Kevin, you oh. said you would read it for us. Oh, boy. Well, and it passed, you, you you all missed this, but Pastor Eric just had out his like old school <laughs> Bible from- I finally remembered to show his you. His home congregation, <laughs> Bethlehem, Aberdeen, shout out. But anyway, <laughs> so we're looking at the book of Ruth, which is right after the book of Judges. So, and we're picking it up in chapter one, starting at verse eight. This is uh, a conversation between Naomi and uh, two of her daughters-in-law. Starting at verse 8, but Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you, in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them and they wept aloud. 
They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, and go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, see your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, verse 16, do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. And when you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well if even death parts me from you. Is it through verse 18? Yeah, 18 is the punchline. Okay. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to Ruth. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. All right. There there was the wedding verse, by the way. Right, so let's start with talking about the wedding verse. Okay. Like, please note, dear friends, that verses 16 and 17 are some of the most commonly chosen wedding verses around because they're so beautiful right Mm -hmm. about committing your life to another note please dear listener (laughs) that this is a daughter-in-law committing her life to her mother-in-law okay so just if that context matters to you keep that in mind when you're choosing your wedding verse uh for some that might change the, the the tone of it a teeny bit, um, but here's what's here's what's going on too. Like there's that weird couple of verses mm-hmm. um, from Naomi, right, where she's like, "I'm too old to have a husband. Yes. Even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you wait for them to go get old?" And you're like, "What the heck is going on there?" Um, she is talking about, I think, what is generally referred to as levirate marriage, which is where if a man dies before he and his wife have produced an heir, then his wife will marry. The, the dead man's next of kin, mm-hmm. like a younger brother. What? Yeah, right. Would marry the next <laughs> the next man in line, usually a younger brother. And any children that would come from that marriage would actually belong to the dead man so that mm. his genealogical line could continue. <laughs> so what Naomi is saying is, I'm, so her, her sons have died. We skipped those verses ahead. Her sons have yep. died. Her, her daughters-in-law are all that's left. Since her sons are dead, she has no more sons to offer her now widowed daughters-in-law so that their line can genealogically continue. So she has nothing for them. She's like, but you're a widow now. Good luck. Like you are better off going to your people rather than keeping your horse hitched to this wagon Um, because there's no hope of her ever producing an heir that they could marry. And then she says, even if by some miracle it were to happen, right? Would you wait 20 years to to be able to produce an heir with this young? No, you would not. You'd be foolish. This is silly. Go in all world worldly logic. Right, right. Don't. Your best bet is to stay. We we forgot to. I forgot to lead us into the fact that that Naomi and her husband and sons came from Bethlehem to Moab, which is where this is taking place. Ruth and Orpah are Moabites. 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 Whatever. Women from <laughs> Moab. <of> Moab. <laughs> and um, so that's also part of the thing here. She, Naomi's going to go back. Because she has nothing else but to throw herself on the mercy of her extended family 
because her husband and sons are gone. So now she's telling an all worldly logic says, yeah, you guys stay here. You can find another husband and that's your best bet. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the beginning. Of the story is that they leave Bethlehem because of a famine. They go to Moab where there's food. This is a common biblical theme. There's a famine. People leave the country. They go where there's food. And then eventually they return home, mm-hmm. ideally. Um, so they have left Judah. They have gone to Moab. Moab is is uh, just a near neighboring country. There's not, I, from what I can tell, no, nothing of too much remark, except that they are not, they do not have the same faith, right? So the yes. Moabites worship in a different way um, than, yeah. you know, than Naomi and her family would. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's you know, reasonable to believe that Orpah and Ruth continue to practice their own faith and tradition because, hi, they still live in Moab, where they're from. This is mm-hmm. where their life is. This is where their family is. So when Naomi hears that there's food back in, in Judah again and also, oh, that her whole family has died, um, just like you said, Eric, that, that she's realizing, okay, my, my best hope is to return home and and hope that there are people somewhere in my family line that will take me in. Hmm. Um, Orpah and Ruth, your best hope is to is to stay in Moab yeah. and just start over. And so Orpah does. Yeah, I just keep thinking this feels like a Nicholas Sparks story. Like something's <laughs> gonna like, it's like the stars are gonna turn and like Leo DiCaprio's coming <laughs> out of the thing. Like yeah, who is like seriously? It's like some sort of like fam. This Hallmark this, Channel, right? But the the thing that just struck me, and this is totally just random thing, is that when lots of times when folks be. If you're moving to the new country, you adopt the new gods, right? Okay. So interestingly enough, right now, if you're interested in joining the Jewish faith, lots of times the rabbi will say, turn back. And lots of times they'll say it three times. So I was trying to oh, count wow. really quick. How many times did Naomi yeah. tell tell them to turn back? Because at some level, that's the same way yeah. that the approach is taking it's it's trying to discourage you until you find that sense of commitment or that sense of love or a change of heart or whatever it is that then bonds you to the movement that you're a part of and i don't know why that just struck me but here again it's just like that's like the constant instruction is go back turn around Mm -hmm. you don't want any of this and yet one person kind of persists through that yeah and that's when she makes that beautiful speech oh yeah after the third yes yeah go back back. turn back turn back like Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. naomi's real clear about what she expects here Mm -hmm. um and orpa follows through this is where oprah or i did it yes yes Did you get that, everybody? Yes! And you get a ham and look, look under your chair you get a right new now. Car. Look under your chair. Not There's keys. Oprah, but Orpah. Her, her story ends there. We don't hear any more about Orpah after this because she goes, she stays in Moab. Mm-hmm. She lives her life. She does her thing. The, 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 the fluke here, the thing that is a, a twist to the story, is Ruth, the Moabite woman, not staying in Moab. And there on the boundary, Looking at her mother-in-law saying, not only do I choose you, but I choose your country, yes. I choose your people, I choose your faith, I am sticking with you, yep. like this is my trajectory from yep. here on. Um, and what life is she choosing, right? Like, let's be honest, for for two widows and for Ruth, who is, is worse yet, uh, a stranger in a strange land, um, they are choosing a life of, of danger mm-hmm. and threat and uh, want and struggle. Um, this is what I mean. Ruth's Ruth's odds were way better staying put in in Moab, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but she is intentionally choosing struggle to stay with Naomi. Yeah. Yep. And 
I thought it was a great point when you said, we don't hear about Orpa again. However, Ruth, on the other hand, we're hearing about because we're part of the genealogy leading to King David, which eventually leads us to Jesus, the the Messiah. So that's interesting. Spoiler alert. Uh, if you want to continue reading the Book of Ruth. And pro tip, you should, because it's not a long book. It is an interesting story. Uh, what happens from here is that Ruth and Naomi find their way into Judah. They find their way into the fields of a guy named Boaz, who's, what, a cousin of Naomi's somehow? They're related. Mm-hmm. We would find that problematic today. It was not problematic then, because what happens ultimately is, is Ruth... Um, yeah, kind of introduces herself to Boaz and they kind of realize that they've got this family connection and oh that means that Ruth and Boaz should get married obviously right. um, and they do and, uh, and it's a, it's a happy culture. ending yeah, yeah different culture and it's a happy ending because it's this recognition of ah like Ruth's yes. commitment to her mother-in-law um, has deepened Ruth's commitment to this life and to this faith and has you know found yep. her a, a, a good and meaningful place in someone else's household and the book of Ruth ends letting us know that Boaz and Ruth have a kid named Obed who ends up being the grandfather of King David. Mm -hmm. So when you read the genealogy, it's right there. When you read the genealogy of Jesus in the first chapter of Matthew, um, you get get Ruth and you get David. And um, that all points us onward towards Jesus. Yeah, so that's, you know, I've heard it's common for commentators to say that this book goes from emptiness to fullness, and you're laying that out for us. Um, Also, I want to point out that Naomi has it out with God, too. She expresses her, her anger, her disappointment, her bitterness to God, and... But the good news for all of us and all of you listeners is that that um, God does not leave her in the emptiness. But as you're alluding to, Pastor Megan, the story ends with fullness. Uh, the famine ends. There's there's harvest of grain again in Bethlehem, um, and then ultimately. This all leads to something which no one, the greatness no one could have imagined that Mm -hmm. uh, God was going to do a new thing for you and me and all of us sinners in Jesus Christ to come and save you from your sin and Mm -hmm. and promise, give you the promise of eternal life, a victory over all these types of terrible things we experience in life. Yes. Well, Pastor Kevin, you were pointing out that as we've been noticing that names tend to mean something in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to Pastor Eric's point of Naomi kind of letting God have it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that that Naomi's, Naomi changes her name mm-hmm. accordingly. There's a theme it, here, too, yeah, each right, week. Right? And and she, she changes her name according to how she's feeling. So you pointed out, Pastor Kevin, before we hit record, which is where the real podcast happens, um, <laughs> that Naomi's name basically means... What, like, fr- uh, did we say friendliness? Pleasant? Mm-hmm. Pleasant, nice, yes. Nice, pleasant. Um, and she says in verse 20, if you look just ahead of today's reading, uh, Naomi says, do not call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara, which means bitter. Yep. <laughs> and and just, <laughs> okay. justifiably so. Because yeah. how does the verse end? Mm-hmm. For the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. Mm-hmm. So it's not even that she's calling herself bitter because she's just kind of feeling sassy about things. That... That God has been bitter to her. Mm. Like, that's why she's naming mm-hmm. herself Mara. Hmm. Woof. Might as well call me Mara. Yeah, right? <laughs> call it what it is, because God has dealt bitterly with me. How interesting is that? I mean, we've heard a story now this fall about uh, uh, 
someone, God's presence, changing the name of Jacob, mm -hmm. right, to Israel. Here we're hearing someone wanting to change their own name, mm -hmm. and but it, to the negative, yes, right. Yep. And I think that's typically the tendency of it. Mm -hmm. But that's not how the story ends up playing out, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And just like it's Pastor, not the last word, right? Just like Pastor Eric saying, right? This this mm -hmm. we, we begin here with this sense of emptiness and want mm -hmm. and fear and loss and bitterness, mm -hmm. uh, and we move into fullness. We move yep. into abundance. We move into hope. We move into promise in so many ways. And as a matter of fact. Fact. Oh. I, uh, as I was writing notes, you used, you just said the word abundance and I was, um, the words of Jesus came to mind mm. and I wrote down John 10, 10, because this is the trajectory of the story from emptiness to fullness. And it's leading us to our, our Messiah. Mm. This is the story of the salvation of the world. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Mm. And that's the, the reminder for us that, um, we will face difficulties. Mm -hmm. We will at times be bitter, feel that God has left us. But remember that he sent his son to explain that He's he has come to bring us life. It's a gift of life um, for you on account of Jesus Christ. And maybe that's where we just... That, Say amen today. I just, I'm just going to drop that mic on that point, okay. friend, because I feel awesome. like that's the gospel right there, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so have uh, do not do not be dismayed. Jesus has come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. And we thank you for tuning in to uh, listen to this conversation today on the Carry On Cast. This is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. Thanks, everyone. Oh